0: Hello and welcome to the Buyer to Badass podcast with me, your host, Abby. After over 10 years in the corporate world, buying for four global retailers that have taken me from London to Dublin to Dubai, I've taken the plunge and quit. Join me for the ride as I go freelance. I talk marketing mindset and myself and chat to other buyers who have taken the leap too as I build my business like the badass entrepreneur I know I can be and show you how you can do it too. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Buyer to Badass podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I am officially four weeks into self-employment, entrepreneurship, freelance life, However, we are talking about a very important topic today, which is why the hell does no one tell you all of this stuff when you quit your job? So I feel like it's glamorized a lot now on social media in terms of the entrepreneur life, you know, everyone should be building a side hustle, which will enable you to quit your nine to five job. And you do all of that, you quit your job, and then suddenly you're running a six-figure business from the beach. And that is how it how it goes. But I've realize that that is not how it goes. And there is a big gaping black hole in between resigning and quitting and getting to that six figure business. So there's more to the story than just resigning guys. And I'm going to take you through some of the secrets that no one tells you and that I wish I was told when I resigned. So the first one then is the importance of routine. Now I know it sounds boring, I get it, everyone talks about routine, but I actually saw something on Instagram not so long ago and it said success is made in routine, and honestly, that cannot be truer. I have been perfecting my routine for a good three years now. It's probably since the beginning of COVID when we were working from home, and I actually had control over every hour of my day, and I didn't have to commute. That I actually started really perfecting my routine, and it all started with a book called The Miracle Morning. Now, if you haven't read The Miracle Morning please read it. It's very similar premise to the 5am club. um, But it basically talks about how those first two to three hours of your day should really be for you. And you should be getting up and doing things at the beginning of your day that really kind of fill your cup and you shouldn't just be getting up because you have to get up at that time to go to work or to go and do something so it all started for me with a miracle morning literally i then read a book called atomic habits and again if you haven't read atomic habits i think it's one of the best books of the 21st century Um, and it teaches you how to put in place small little habits and routines and how to implement them in your day and actually stick with them and all of this I've been working on over it's taken me a good three years so please do not think that this is just gonna if you've got no routine now or there's new routines that you want to kind of bring in that it's just going to happen instantaneously and don't be hard on yourself because it's really not but it's taken me yeah two to three years to get to a good solid point and without my routine I would have found the beginning of kind of freelance life really difficult because We are so conditioned to the nine to five life. And do you know what? I'm actually going to make a pact that we stop calling it the nine to five life on this podcast because it's not nine to five. We all know it's not nine to five. It's eight till seven or eight till six or nine till seven. It's not nine to five. So I found it really difficult on that first day, on that first Monday morning when I woke up and I was like what the hell do I do because my whole routine was out of whack and I was now in control of my routine I didn't have to be somewhere for 9am or whatever time I was going to get to the office I was physically in control of what I needed to do so this is where you have to be really regimented and make sure that you're really strict with yourself so why it's important to have your routine established is because I went about my morning as I normally would I get up at 5.30 I go to the gym 6 till 7 I have my breakfast and I chill between 7 and kind of 7.30. And then I have a bath. I do some gratitude, some journaling. And I am at my desk ready to work by 8.30, which was previously me going to work and leaving to go to the office at 8 30. So it was so so important that I kept up that routine because oh my God, the urge just to stay in bed and lie in because I knew that I didn't have to physically be anywhere or even just to stay in my pyjamas and put my laptop on in bed. What sort of entrepreneur do you want to be? Do you want to be someone that sat there in, in bed in their pyjamas or do you want to be someone that is running a fab business? Like who who do you think your clients would want to work with? And there are so many ups and downs in freelance life, which I'll come to probably in another podcast because I could talk about them for ages. And again, I wasn't expecting them at all. And so your routine will really keep you anchored and it will keep life going as smoothly as possible because you've just made a massive, massive change by quitting your job and going self-employed. You haven't even quit your job and you're going to another job. At least then you've got some consistency in terms of a routine. You've literally overhauled your whole life here. So, so as many constants as you can keep within your routine, the better. So my second point then is that you'll work more and feel guilty. Now, this one isn't necessarily a surprise. Everyone said to me, you know, when you run your own business that you you kind of you left your nine to five to then work nine to nine, which I do completely understand, I've worked probably 6 days a week for 12 hour for 12 hours a day over the last 4 weeks of being freelance but I can't even explain to you how it doesn't even feel like work. It's the most bizarre thing which then combines with my third point in that you'll see weekends in a whole new light. Like for the first for the first time in my life on the first week that I was running my own business, I wasn't wishing for the weekend. I wasn't, I was obviously looking forward to the weekend because I had something lovely planned, but I actually wished there were more days in the week because I was so enjoying what I was doing and I wanted more time to do it. And honestly, that was a revolution for me. I've never felt that. I think I've very much been brought up in society as we all have in that you know you what you work to live and you do your nine to five and you live for the for your evenings you live for your weekends but that is not the case and that is probably the biggest thing i've learned and it's incredible So then that brings me on to advice. So the amount of unsolicited advice I have been given since announcing that I was going to quit my job and become freelance. So if I'm honest with you, so we're in February 2023 now. It's probably since January 2022 that this has been on my mind. And I actually bought my first book to brainstorm what I wanted to do in January last year. And it was probably in September. 2022 when I became really serious about this but I only started really telling people that this is what I was going to do in maybe November, December, 2022. And I deliberately kept it very quiet because I was scared about what people would say. I didn't want people to tell me negative things because I was dead set that this is what I was doing. And I was worried that it would get back to my current workplace, that I was working on something else. Although I wasn't going outside of my contract at all in what I was doing, you know, you never like to think that you're not 100% committed to your workplace. So I kept it very, very quiet. But when it did come up that I actually launched my Instagram page for my business, I was given a lot of advice that I didn't ask for. Now, it's always good to receive advice. It's always good to prepare for the worst. It's always good to have a well-rounded picture from lots of different people's views. But you have to understand, society tells us that we need to have a nine to five job, that we need to have our two months notice period that we need to have our 24 days holiday a year. This is what we are conditioned to do. So when someone goes outside of this and goes freelance, goes self-employed, it's a risk to them. Please don't get me wrong, like it hundred percent is a risk. But at the same time it's it's out of the camp, you know. If we go back to like the cavemen era, you had to be part of a tribe and the tribe will work in their nine to five. So by going freelance and by going self-employed you are going outside of what they're doing. And back in the day years thousands of years ago if you went against your tribe you would die you couldn't survive without your tribe so my advice is be prepared for the advice you're going to be given and only take on board advice from people that have some experience in what you're doing or take advice from people that you respect and that you look up to and potentially you would like some elements of their life otherwise say thank you and brush it over Okay, then my next couple of points are all to do with mindset. Again, I feel like there's so much on the news and in social media at the moment with mindset and manifestation, law of attraction, and I'm big into manifestation and law of attraction. That's a podcast for another day, but I basically manifested the life I have now, the body I have now, the boyfriend I have now. So along my journey of manifesting the life I want and creating the life that I dream of and all of my goals, I've done a lot of work on mindset i've done a lot of shadow work i've done a lot of confidence work and affirmations and i really have got to a great place or so i thought so my next point is going freelance going self-employed will put yourself outside of your comfort zone daily and guys, it is difficult, okay? I'm telling you here right now. Again, you see on Instagram, me doing it all of the time. But that first time I actually, I hadn't even done a story of my face on Instagram before. Like I post pictures, of course, of course I do that. But they nicely edited and I choose to do them I had never done a story of me just talking to the camera I had to literally do 10 star jumps to psych myself up and walk around my apartment and really give myself a talking to before I did that first Instagram story that for me was really putting myself outside of my comfort zone but once I did it the sense of empowerment that I'd done that and I'd stepped out and I'd taken a new leap but once we got over that first hurdle then the next day I had to cold dm some potential. potential clients. That's how I'm getting clients at the moment. One of the ways I'm getting clients is by literally just sliding into the DMs of people I don't know. And again, I've never done that before. And it was really difficult. And I so overthought it. But I did it. And it was absolutely fine. And I maybe messaged 10 people on that day and one replied to me. But that was totally fine. It wasn't an issue. Then the next day I had to arrange a call with that client who would come back to me. And this is where it really got me. Guys, being on a sales call and pitching my services and pitching, I wanted someone to buy something from me and send me money it just felt so, so wrong to me. And I, I really don't know why, because again, buying is buying and selling and we're handling money all the time, but it's so different when you're selling yourself and as buyers we're very much on the other side of the table but my biggest tip for stepping out of your comfort zone is just to look at that one step ahead of you so the goal might be for me to create a seven-figure business right that's absolutely the goal i want to create passive income and i want to be able to travel the world while my business runs itself absolute dream right that to me is a very unachievable goal at the moment because of where I am. So instead of looking forward to that goal, I take a step back and I look at what are the next three things I can do to achieve that goal. So the first thing might be to DM a client, the second thing will be to have a sales call, and the third thing will be to send them an invoice. Before I know that, I've then done that for 10, 20 customers and then I'm building it up towards my seven figures. Yours might be that you actually want to quit your job, but that seems like a massive thing at the moment because you've got a mortgage to pay or you've got rent to pay. So leaving your job at the moment seems like a really big thing to do. So just look at the next two to three steps in front of you that you can do to get you closer to leaving your job. So it might be going on LinkedIn, sorting out your LinkedIn profile. It might be talking to someone who is doing a job that you might like or researching a course to help you become freelance. So there's lots of things that can be done just to bridge the gap between that big goal. So you're stepping out of your comfort zone, but you're doing it gradually. So my point is, as much work as you think you've done and as confident and ready as you think you are to become self-employed and freelance, Just you wait, my friends, because a whole new world of thoughts and mindset blocks are about to come up. But the important thing is, is just to look at them, say thank you for coming and wave them goodbye as you step out of your comfort zone every day. Remember dreams, goals aren't achieved in your comfort zone we have to step out of our comfort zone for the magic to happen so another way of looking at this then is from the perspective of fear so again it's such a negative word isn't it fear but it's it's constantly there and it always will be there when you are doing something as big and as challenging as leaving your job or setting up your own company so we just have to understand that fear is always going to be there and we can't be angry that it's always going to be there and we can't expect it to ever go away we kind of have to see it as it's along for the ride it's sat in the car but we do not want it sat on the front seat with us we want it in the boot we're aware it's there but we're not associating ourselves with it so this brings me on nicely to the point that the reality is rarely as bad as you think it's going to be. So like I said, I've been on this journey now for over a year. It's been in my head that I wanted to leave my job and be self-employed. So I had freedom and flexibility over my time, environment and location was my main driving force. Now, you better believe that there was probably 80% of this journey where I envisaged myself having to leave Dubai, having to go home, live in my parents' house and not even be able to pay them rent, not even be able to afford my phone bill because this had gone so disastrously wrong. So our minds play tricks on us and they make us think the worst and again it comes back to the caveman mentality. It's our body, it's our minds trying to protect us from something bad that could be happening but what are the chances of something like that happening yes there is a chance but the chance of it is so so small we can't we can't focus on those things because it will stop us from doing it and this is why 99 of people in the world are not living their dreams and they're not going for their goals because the fear of what it could be So we do overplay these things in our head and we come up with these crazy scenarios but like I said the reality is rarely as bad as you think so sometimes you just have to put on your big gal pants and just go for it so how I overcame this was I thought to myself if it all goes wrong with being freelance and running my own business and being self-employed what will I do okay, I will go and get another job in buying, another job as a buyer, whether it's in Dubai, whether it's in London, whether it's somewhere else in the world, I can get another job as a buyer. I've had four jobs as a buyer so far, so I can definitely get another one. So actually, at that point, when I said that, I was living my worst case scenario because I was a buyer at the time. So that really puts it into perspective that if your worst case scenario is doing the job that you're doing now, then what have you got to lose? It's so worth taking the risk. And again, now I have to ration with myself on a daily basis. So if I'm scared before a sales call, I just think what's the worst that can happen is that the client doesn't sign up with me and we never talk again and I never have to think about it again. Well, realistically, that is is the worst case scenario, but it's not going to change my life. So just keep on going one step at a time and do not overthink it. So then we come on to people and your circle. So we can't help but worry about what people are going to think. But we need to understand that not everyone is going to get it. Not everyone is going to understand why you're doing what you're doing. So I have a big group of friends in the corporate buying world and they are great friends to me. And we would go for drinks after work and we would go out at the weekend. But now I can't do that. That's not something I'm doing because I my goals are building my business and so for me drinking on a weeknight just isn't even an option because I go to the gym at 6am the next day which again supports my goals and going for brunch every weekend isn't something I can do because I work six days a week at the moment that is fully my choice and it's their choice to go for drink but you better believe the shit I have got from them about not going for drinks, not going for brunch. You're so boring. Why aren't you doing this? Why did you leave your job if it means you're going to be working more and earning less? Because I'm playing the long game. That's exactly what I'm doing. And what I'm doing at the moment brings me happiness. And these people just do not understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. To them, I am absolutely crazy. But just remember that it's totally okay for them to think like that and for you to think like this and do not let them derail you and just yeah it's not for everyone and that's totally okay so on that note it's a great idea to find a mentor or a support group that can see you through this so the leap pad for me really to leave my job was that i joined a business coaching course Again, that's not something that you need to do to be able to leave your job. It's something I chose to do. But the really nice thing is to be able to be part of a group of other people who were doing exactly the same and who were having all of these thoughts every day. I bounce ideas off another freelance friend about how to invoice when you invoice do you invoice before you've done the work do you invoice after you've done the work and it's so nice to have conversations with people who are going through the same thing as me so really find that's that group that are where you want to be or who are going through it at the same time So these are the nine things that I have kind of witnessed over the last four weeks of being freelance and again no one talks about them on their podcasts on their instagrams or on their youtube channels when they're talking about their journeys and it's because they're not the most glamorous they're not the most fun and they probably sound quite negative to be fair but honestly I would not change it for the world at the moment and it is hard but I love it and I'm so glad that you're all here with me for the ride And my biggest takeaway for today is put your big girl pants on and do something today that puts you out of your comfort zone that scares you. You've got this guys. Catch up next week. Bye.